Welcome to the Franchise Growth Podcast. This is the podcast for franchisors and business leaders to get tangible weekly action steps to improve your franchise system. Plus, it's a great way to get professional development in while you're driving, doing the dishes, or walking your dog. Hosted by the team at AC Inc., you'll learn about how to effectively coach franchisees to make your system more profitable, creating a successful growth mindset, modern leadership insights, and so much more. Get ready to talk franchise growth. Hello, and welcome back to the Franchise Growth Pod. My name is Belle, Director of Marketing here at AC Inc., and we are here today with Angela Cote herself. Hi, Angela. So good. It's so good. It's always fun to get to do this with you, Belle. And and I have to tell you, uh, recently at one of the uh, conferences I was at, I had somebody say that he listens to all our podcasts and, and he mentioned your name, Belle. He's like, and I listen to Belle, like I, I hear Belle and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. So sweet. I loved to hear that. You did send me a message when you heard that news and I was like, that is the best. Oh, it's always such a good feeling to know that people listen and find value. And especially um, we talk so much about like very specific parts of franchising, very specific parts of coaching and leadership. And so to know that people are finding so much value in being like more specific as opposed to more like a general franchising or general business podcast, it's just, it's really nice. It's really nice to hear. So thank you. Um, I want to dive right into our icebreaker today. I we're headed into like the holiday time. Um, some festive stuff is coming up in the next month or so. I'm curious what your favorite festive Christmassy holiday tradition is in your family, or maybe something even you've like done more recently in like recent years. What is something you always look forward to over the holidays? And you can't cop out with like seeing family or something. It has to be like specific. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, most years we stay here in Victoria over Mm -hmm. Christmas, which means it's just my family of four. So my husband, myself, and my two kids who are now young adults. And it has, it has gotten a lot more fun as my kids, I should say more fun, just different um, as, as the kids get older that we enjoy our time together. So I won't just say that because I just, you said not to just say that. Well, that's what everyone would say is like, I know my family. I'm like, okay, what's more? (laughs) I'll say one of the things that always is a real, a real treat in Victoria that we really enjoy making happen every year is going to see the, the lights up, which are gardens. Oh, so sure cool. you've been to. I have, I but I've only been a few times. We don't go every year. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if we went last year. I've been recently though, like in some, like in the past maybe three or four years. I've definitely been. It is really marvelous. It's so fun. Yeah. So it's just for anybody that's listening and doesn't know what the heck we're talking about. Butcher Gardens, look it up. But they have like the twelve days of Christmas themed. Um, uh, light display all throughout the the gardens. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. And we have fun trying to remember what the 12 different um, days yeah. are. And it always makes it fun like that and get some hot chocolate and walk around and, and just Aww. get in a festive mood. That is really fun. And I, I think it is common for like large parks or like, I, I remember one uh, Christmas, my family and I were in Vancouver, which is um, where probably a lot of people assume you live <laughs> on the <laughs> West coast of Canada, but um, it's a bigger city, but they had something similar where they had like a lot of lights and you went for this beautiful walk, but it was a little bit smaller. Like why Butcher Gardens I think stands out is because it is such a large property. And so you like the walk takes a while. <laughs> like yeah. it's a it's a bit of a trek. So um I think that's what stands out. Cause I think, yeah, going for like walks on, among like the lights in gardens is um I think in lots of cities, but Butcher Gardens is really cool because it's so big. So, um, so the walk is really yeah and long. there's ice skating. 
you can rent skates, yes. yeah, which is always cute and fun. And then there's also the carolers, which is great. And I think they have a carousel that's open some nights, like a full mm-hmm. carousel that kids can go on for like, yeah, a- yeah, they do. I've, uh, when you said carousel, I was thinking of a Ferris wheel, but no, they do have a carousel. Yeah. Not a Ferris wheel. <laughs> I, I always get those two mixed up <laughs> that I don't blame you. Um, that's a great one. I love that one. That's so nice. Um, so I don't have a segue. I'm just going to hop right in. All right, let's I'm do really it. Looking forward to chatting all about building trust. We've we've had episodes where we talked about trust and credibility with field coaches and franchisees before, but um, I really wanted to dig a bit deeper talking about like actual situations of different types of relationships that field coaches have with franchisees, different stages of growth for franchisees, and how that might arise some different issues that field coaches want to look out for, how to, you know, set the foundation of trust, healing distrust, those types of things. But when I am talking about trust, and, and you know this already, but it's really a field coach and franchisee relationship is so unique and has so many layers and it can be quite complex. And so trust, like having trust that your coach is there to help you and, and help you accomplish your goals. But then also as a field coach, trusting that your franchisee is going to implement steps and be honest with you in conversations about what's happening in their business and things like that, like trust and credibility kind of go hand in hand. Um, and I'm curious, like, what are some ways you've seen with our clients or even you have been a field coach? coach, you've been a franchisee, like you've been on all these different sides. What are some things that can kind of, or how would you, how would you see distrust or like not having that credibility or not having that honesty or that type of relationship? Where are ways that you would like spot that as a field coach? Mm. Does it happen in the coaching calls, maybe in the communication? What are some ways you would spot that? Like, "Hmm, maybe there's not a ton of trust here or not like a great working relationship that we'd have to figure out. Well, a big one um, as a field coach is that the franchisee doesn't uh, implement or do what you're, you, you know, you're trying to help them with doing like they like that's a lack of they don't trust that what you're saying is actually worth their time. I think we all have that in a lot of ways in our lives where, you know, if someone thinks you should do something, but you don't trust that the results are going to be there for you, you're not going to do it. So that's one um, just lack of engagement, you know, like a lot of the times, whether it's, you know, me thinking back or um, with our field coaches that we work with. Uh, we often hear them say like, I can't get the franchisee to show up for a call. Well, that's because they don't trust that it's going to be worth their time and they don't trust and, and believe that you're able to help them. Yeah. So those are a couple of things right off the bat that came to mind. Yeah, those are really good ones. And I think that's such an interesting way to think about because we often will hear that like, oh, I'm just really struggling to get a franchisee onto our coaching calls. And on one hand, I think sometimes a coach could go, oh, they're not respecting my time or what. Like sometimes it can be immediately become like quite combative or like defensive. But I love how when you identify, it could be actually because they're not having that trust in what the value of that call and the value of what you guys are going to be going over. And looking at it that way makes it more of a problem to be solved, not like a, oh, this person just doesn't even like like coaching or doesn't even want to talk to me. Like it it actually shifts it to be more of something that can be worked on together, which I really like. Um, So let's talk about two situations we've kind of talked about. So there's some common things to look at in terms of where you would see that come up. Um, We do have a great episode all about credibility building that I can link in our notes, but I'm going to talk through two specific situations and you can kind of give me some guidance as to um, with, with each of these situations, what a coach could do or anyone who's in that role of supporting and coaching the franchisee, whatever that title is, 
what can they be doing in those situations in in terms of like best practices? It's always going to be, you know, situation to situation, but give some good tips and direction for where they can go. So the first one is building trust initially. So if you are a field coach who's coming in to work with maybe a new franchisee or you're a new coach coming in to work with existing franchisees, so it's a new relationship, what are some ways that you can build that trust, build that credibility, build that solid working relationship really well at the beginning. What are some tips for that? Hmm. Yeah. Um, a, a big one I would say is this probably sound a little bit obvious because it's not exactly rocket science, but people do mess it up, I guess, is doing what you said you were going to do, hmm. you know, like following through on the promises, like right from the beginning, you know, everything that you do, don't, you know, mess that up right away because you'll already start to break trust. Um, actually I would even go, I'll go a step further back. Um, and this, yeah, this comes up in the credibility conversation we've had, but, um, it really does relate to trust. And that is, um, when you show some vulnerability and it's okay, like admit that you maybe don't Mm -hmm. are like, I don't know for sure. Like if a franchisee, you're just meeting the franchisee for the first time. And especially if you sort of sensing like some, some maybe defensiveness right away, um, maybe saying to them, you know, just so you know, like I acknowledge that you might be thinking right now that I don't understand your business and I don't understand what it's like, but I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, and also help me understand what what you'd like to get out of this relationship. So getting really transparent mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and being authentic up front, I think really builds trust because yeah. they know that you're going to admit anything that you don't know instead of pretending you know it. Like yeah. that's the worst, right? When when somebody pretends they know something and either because you can sense that they're not, they don't know what they're talking about, or you believe them. And then if it's wrong, then you're going to lose the trust. So right away, when somebody tells you that, like, I'm not exactly sure, so I'm going to make sure that I find the answer or I'm going to work with you. I think that builds a lot of trust initially. Those are a couple things that popped into my head. Yeah. Yeah. Delivering the really solid results right off the bat by actually, if you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to send you through this um, action step spreadsheet that we're going to go over on our next call. So you can look at it ahead of time, actually send it with lots of time for them to look at it. Say, if you have questions, like really, really, and as you said, it may sound obvious, but I think that's such a key part of that building the foundation is being keen, like being like, Hey, I'm going to do all the things that we are talking about and not kind of seeming like you're really great on the calls, but then the delivery, like after the fact or checking in or things like that, that can be those like, oh, this person actually seems like is genuinely caring about what we're doing and is following up and checking in. And, and that, um, that is such a, like a foundational piece of a coaching relationship so that, you know, it's not that you're just getting that coach dynamic on a call. You're actually going to be getting that ongoing and that support is going to be there when you need it, um, is huge for sure. Yeah. I just want to add, like, I just, I want to really emphasize, I don't know if I'm putting these in the right word, this or into the word, right words. Um, if I can even say that, <laughs> um, that, that, um, it's, it, it's the, it's it, that transparency and upfrontedness, if that's how I put that, um, um, are so important because it, it's people I find in business, especially people revert to this, like closedness, you know, like they, like whether it's in a, you know, field coaching situation or, you know, you see it at the conferences on the panels where, you know, they're just, they don't want to admit they don't know something. And mm-hmm. when you can open up a little bit and, and, and be more upfront and be more transparent so that, because I guess what it is, is when we don't, 
when we don't have the, the answer, then like the confused mind says no, or makes things up. Right. So don't give them something to make up. Like, yes, I am. I am not a business owner. And I recognize that you probably can see that. And, um, but then also maybe when it comes to the results side of things uh, on the capability side of things, it's like, but here's, maybe here's some things I've done in my past that may contribute to our, you know, our success together and our, our relationship. You can maybe point to some results. Yeah. I guess one other thing I was going to say at the beginning that that is really important is, and this also was on our credibility thing, but uh, podcast, but still really important is finding them, finding like little wins early on, because that'll give you that opportunity to show that you can drive results with them. Cause that's that, that, that results is what's going to make them start to trust you that you got them what they were looking for. Totally. Totally. Yeah. The small wins is a huge part of, we, we talk a lot about that when a field coach is coming into existing franchisees as well, which is actually going to be my next question. So that's maybe the perfect first tip to uh, guide us into that situation. So we've got our foundational, like you're setting this up from the start. Um, uh, and, and that would be a big one is the finding the quick wins, right? So if you're a coach coming into an existing franchisee, that's one where you can immediately start to build that trust and build that credibility, build that working relationship. Um, and also the vulnerability side, which you already talked about the transparency being super upfront. I would add to that transparency, um, the being transparent about what you can provide. And you kind of mentioned that already actually, but being able to say, like being able to be vulnerable on what you maybe don't know if you don't have the exact same experiences as that franchisee and they're going, well, you've never done this exact thing. Like, how could you help me being vulnerable and honest about that? But then saying, but here's all the things like not only wins wise, but experience wise that I'm going to be able to bring to you um, is huge. And again, we have discussed that on other episodes as well. Um, but I want to get into this second, this kind of a little bit trickier. <laughs> this is stuff we didn't talk about quite as much on that other episode, which is healing when there has been distrust. So let's say you didn't listen to our episode, <laughs> or maybe you're a field coach coming into a franchisee and you don't set those foundations. You don't be vulnerable. You actually, and this is a very natural, as you said, it's a very natural human thing to go. I don't know the answer to that question, or I don't actually have experience in this space. And maybe you got like very, you know, well, here's exactly what you need to do, or maybe it's very authoritative. And, and that can sometimes be tempting if we don't know the answer to go, well, you know, and kind of get defensive and whatever. And if that happens, or if like, you know, you don't deliver on everything you said, maybe you're over-promising a little bit and you're not setting those boundaries in place. And again, this is all very easy to have happen. This is not like a, you're a bad coach or anything. These are very easy mistakes to make. Um, I've made many of them on calls and that kind of thing. Like it's very normal, but if you do do that and you have identified, oh, they've stopped coming to some of my calls. They're not really responding a ton. I sometimes feel like they're holding back information. Like they're not being completely honest, but what's happening in their business. And you're starting to spot this distrust that has built. What are ways we can like get back to healing it and going back to, okay, so we've built this relationship and it's not awesome, honestly. <laughs> and you're noticing there's this distrust being built up between the, you as a coach and the franchisee. What are some ways you can work on healing that? Like, what are some things that you might need to, the conversations you might need to have, or even owning up to yourself on some things? What are some things that might need to happen to get a relationship back on the right track mm -hmm. when it's been you know a little bit off the rails? Yeah. Well, it, it always, it feels like this is always like, I don't know, in franchising, it always comes down to a conversation, right? Like it, it's like, let's just be humans. Let's, yeah. let's get into a conversation. So then the question is, what does that conversation look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And 
So the, it sort of depends on what exactly did break the trust. Like if, if the trust was broken because you didn't deliver on something, like you, there's a valid reason, then I would always start with owning, owning mm. it and taking responsibility to the extent I can, not in the, not in a way that makes um, me look like I'm incompetent, you know, but like, you know, here, here's what happened. Um, for context, this might be why this happened. It's not, doesn't mean it's okay, but I, I'm going to take ownership and I want to make this better. Um, that, that could be the beginning, depending on the situation could be the beginning of the conversation. Um, but, and again, this is going to sound kind of obvious, but the listening, like, Hey, let's like, are you open to exploring? This is how it start. Like, you know, say it was with you and me, Hey, Belle, are you open to exploring with me? Um, you know, our, our current relationship and, and just kind of where we're at, you know, first getting that permission and then saying, okay, um, you know, and if the person feels more comfortable for you to start, then maybe sharing, starting with, well, here's some things I'm feeling and I want to find out what you're feeling. So I'll tell, just to get yeah. things started, I'll share some things that I'm feeling. And then, um, and then maybe you can share some things that you're experiencing and how you're seeing things, right? Like get that out on the table, but really listening. I know it's so mm-hmm. easy to just like, listen to want to be ready to like explain and defend and all that, but showing them that you're listening, repeating it back. You know, I guess these are really just listening skills and active listening skills, but repeating it back and saying, so just to be clear, like, I want to make sure I'm clear what I'm hearing. This is the problem there is the issue or, or the thing that you're saying. And then I think it's after that deciding like, okay, can we get aligned? Mm-hmm. Can we get aligned? Cause if we can't like, sometimes it's too far gone or there's just a clash. So you know, can we get aligned? Um, and, and maybe even asking them, like, what would it take for, what would you need me to do? And then can I do that thing? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think the, the last step is making sure that there's clear steps in place that then, you know, okay, like, it's great that we had this conversation, but I don't know if anything's going to change. Yeah. Like, what are we actually going to do differently going forward? Oh, oh, I'm going to be more transparent with you. Yeah. That would be helpful to you. Okay. Um, you're going to make sure that you show up for the meetings. Okay. We're aligned on this. Right. Yeah. So those are some things. And I, but again, I really, I think it comes down to that. If, if both parties are open to repairing the conversation um, or repairing the trust, my apologies. Um, uh, and, and especially if like, if there was trust, so if we're talking repairing it when there was trying to also kind of go back to like what it was like, yeah. you know, that we can get back to that, like yeah. is the issue that's going on something that we can get over or not, you know, I really, really uh, like that interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your cat is in the background. <laughs> I know <laughs> this is the problem. Um, I've been working from home and now you have animals and stuff. <laughs> um, I'm just going to steal a, one of Brecken's coaching, uh, techniques that he always brings up on the podcast, because I feel like it plays into, uh, this example, um, which is also when you are building, um, a coaching relationship. Brecken always, Brecken's one of our incredible uh, field coach specialists and advisors. Um, he's so good at what he does. Uh, he, when he comes in as a fractional coach to systems, he'll talk a lot about uh, setting the stage for the type of communication that works for a franchisee. And he will ask a franchisee, he'll go. So in our working relationship, like in our conversations that we're going to have, sometimes there's going to be conversations that are a bit tougher to have. Like if I have to have a bit of a tough conversation with you, would you rather I have kid gloves and I take it really and I speak softly and I really make sure you're in the right emotional headspace for it. And like, do you want me to approach tough conversations in that way? Cause sometimes that's how people best respond 
to tougher situations. He said, or do you want me to be straight up? And I'm still going to speak nicely, but do you want me to just be head on, not subtle, (laughs) be direct about what the issue is so that we can focus on solving it together? And he said, what that has done is establishing that. And I guess this maybe should have been brought up on the foundational side, but that could even be something if you didn't get to do that on the foundational side and you're healing it, you could even say, if this ever comes up again, let's get reestablished as to how this, how it's best for me to bring this up. And how it's best for you to bring it up to me. like And so getting on like, how do we want to communicate if there is a tricky thing that's coming up that we need to talk about? Because that's always going to happen in any business conversation and, and, you know, coaching relationship. So I thought that was such a good tip. It applies to so many conversations. But I think for this one, when it's healing distrust, that could be a really, really valuable thing to think about is like, how does this franchisee best respond? Does it need to be really soft-spoken or would that kind of bother them? And they'd be like, just get it. Like, just tell me what the issue is. (laughs) Yeah. That could make it like worse that they don't trust you because you're playing this game with them. Right. So totally so important to be aware of all these things. So important. I, uh, I think there's honestly been so many key takeaways, uh, from this conversation, Angela, I really appreciate you kind of sharing your perspective. And, um, again, I will link the credibility building. That one's more about showcasing your value as a coach. So a little bit different than on the trust conversation, which is why I wanted to have this one as well. Um, but I will link that. So if anyone's interested in more of this topic, they can definitely go find more information in that episode. Um, but is there anything else you want to mention before we finish up uh, for today? Hmm. I think it's just that, that we, we don't take the time always to stop and think about like, like, you know, a relationship can be, you could have like headbutting going on or, or whatever it is. And I think we just, we just get into like kind of robot mode sometimes. And we, if we stop and think about like what needs to happen, it's not often as as complicated and not even as difficult as people think, like having this conversation of like, Hey, you know what? I care about this relationship, I care about your success um, mm. and or knowing that you have a boundary that is being crossed and caring about yourself and knowing yeah. you need to like nine times out of 10 or even like 9.5. I think these conversations go better than people think they're easier than people think, I but just takes a little bit of prep and, and knowing that it's important to have it. So that'd be my encouragement for people to think about like, are there any relationships that you should have that or, or, you know, just be ready that, to do it and know that it's going to end up like in the end so much better. It's so true. I feel like any tough conversation we haven't with anyone in our lives, it's, we build it up a lot in our heads. And sometimes when you think about it on that simplistic level of if I present it in a respectful way, uh, it can often be a lot shorter than you think. It can often go a lot better. It often can smooth things over even more than you expect. Like I totally agree. And I think that's such a good lesson in coaching in general or business in general. It's like, let's take it back to the simple, s- simple steps. And this, you know, mm-hmm. think about prepping for the conversation, practicing these conversations. The more you have them, the easier they get as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that like you having this conversation with one franchisee is just going to make it so much easier. If this issue ever does come up again, um, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to have a, you know, a challenging conversation a lot easier. So I think that's so true and a a great way to finish up today. Thanks. All right. Okay. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Uh, We just love having you um, as a part of the franchise growth podcast community. Um, And Angela, thank you again so much for your time. So appreciate it. Um, And everyone go be awesome. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. 
To learn more about taking one of the Academy courses, assessing your field coaches, joining one of the AC Community Roundtables, or hiring and training field coaches for your system, head to fieldcoachexperts.com to learn more and get in touch with our team.